0: So I'm thinking about a name for. It. I was thinking about One Life. What you think about that? It's pretty cool. I like that. All right, One Life it is. All right. So uh, my name is Vanessa Gardner, and today I'm here with.
1: Hi, I'm Soren Peterson.
0: Um. So Soren, just tell us a little bit about yourself and like what you do, where you are right now.
1: Definitely, yeah. Um, I'm definitely for where I am at the beginning of my journey, but I'm currently doing a few different things. I'm the CEO founder of a company called profits which on the most basic level essentially helps professional investors find stocks research so just like the same way netflix says because you watched the office you should watch parks and rec or friends or whatever mm-hmm. it basically does that for stocks for professional investors um, researching
0: so is it kind of like an algorithm thing or yeah so
1: it uses an ai algorithm to do that um, for gotcha. you based on what you already invest in Mm-hmm because there's tons of different ways that people have been successful investing. So it's not trying to tell you that this way is better than this one. Mm. More of just this is what we think is the best way to continue how you already are doing what you're gotcha. doing. Gotcha.
0: So what got you into investing?
1: So uh, my dad got me into investing. So when I was seven, um, he like sat me down and explained to me what a stock was. Seven. Yeah. Damn. Um, I like to joke That's that wild. I technically beat Warren Buffett. He started when he was 11. Damn. So um,
0: Got a little head start on it. Exactly.
1: <laughs> um, so I got like one he my dad gifted me one share of Nintendo, which I think was maybe like twelve dollars at the time or something like yeah. that. Um and then just over time I was like, Wow, this is growing just a little bit. Mm. Um and then I just started investing more of my own money and I just saw more and more of the power that it really had. So i do like everything possible. I used to have um a cooler in the back of a like, little wagon that I'd pull around yeah. and I'd go to parades and then sell like soda and water out Got of it. Got you. Um, I did. I think at the beginning I did Coke and Pepsi and then I had noticed that Coke sold way more than Pepsi th- so then the next year I would just do just Coke. Gotcha. Um, and yeah, that's how I started investing there and then did a bunch of other investing things, presentations, writing online, mm. apps, stuff like that.
0: Gotcha so like with the um pepsi and coke thing was that also like your dad's idea or was that more of just you taking initiative no
1: that that was my own thing um yeah i'd say my dad has definitely been like a big inspiration he's definitely a great resource but i think one of the greatest things about him is that he hasn't pushed me to do anything like he, he like told me what a stock was explained it to me um and like helped me see the value in it but then like the reason why I continued to learn more about it was because I kept coming back to him with more and more questions Gotcha, um, and wanted to learn more and get more involved and just have a better understanding of right. all of it.
0: So he kind of gave you like the resources and then you were the one that kind of took the initiative and got exactly, it started. yeah. Gotcha. What would, you, what would be like some advice for any people like that don't really know much about investing, trying to get into it, people around our age, stuff like that?
1: Definitely, yeah. So that's one of the things I talk about all the time. So – I've got a few different pieces of advice. So it depends on what you want to do. So if you don't really want to learn about investing, but you just you like understand that's important and you want to invest, simplest thing is um, if you're making one hundred fifty thousand dollars e- less than one hundred fifty thousand dollars a year, which I assume most of us are. Yeah, I definitely am by a lot. Um yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> um, basically, you can open up a Roth IRA, which any taxed income up to six thousand dollars a year you can contribute to that account. And then whenever you um, sell stocks, they're not taxed on their gains or anything like that in that account. Gotcha. So open up one of those accounts, they're really s- easy to set up, set it up online with Fidelity, Schwab, whatever brokerage you want to use, um, put all that money into the S P 500, leave it there, do not sell it, don't even think about it, just forget about it for like 20 to 30 years, and then you can write me a thank you card. Mm-hmm. Um, for
0: all those who aren't th- who are watching that don't um, necessarily know what an S and P five hundred is. What yeah.
1: So it's essentially so it's an it's what's called an index fund. So it's literally just buying the it by buying that stock you're buying the five hundred largest companies in the world without having to manually go through and do that. Um, so you're essentially just following the American economy by doing that, which, no matter what your view on anything is, it's gonna give you some return for. Every year, on average, um, gotcha, for a decent amount of the foreseeable future. Mm. Um, on the other hand, if you are interested in learning about more investing, learning more about personal finances, stuff like that, I did co-author a book on um, learning to invest for young people. It's called Early Bird: The Power of Investing Young.
0: And where can I find this book?
1: It will be linked in the bio.
0: Oh, uh, let's get it. Let's yeah. get it. Absolutely. Um, it's will.
1: on Amazon. You can look it up. Early Bird Power. Impo- Early Bird: The Power of Investing Young. Um, I wrote that with my sister. And when did you th- write that? Um, the second edition came out a year ago.
0: Damn, so um, you were a senior in high school? Correct, yeah. Damn. How long did that process take you?
1: Um, that took probably six months. Gotcha. Um, but that was like part of that was over the summer where I had more time to work on it. Things yeah, like that. Um, yeah, but it's basically just trying to tell you everything that we've learned from now. I've been investing for about 11 years. And my sister about the same. So just we've been young people investing. We've analyzed stocks, um, worked for she's worked for funds. I've done been hired for research analysis for stocks, for companies, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, So just everything that we've taken in and also just like noticing we've tried. There's a lot of different ways that parents have tried to get their kids investing. And we've seen what works, what doesn't work um, and everything in between. So just trying to share knowledge through that and break like all the things that have way too much terminology down Mm. into like really easy to understand things because business is not that complicated.
0: No, it's not. Um, What what would be like your definition of success, would you say?
1: Yeah, so I think about that a lot. I'd say success isn't just one thing. Um, I'd say it's a conglomeration of things. But generally, um, having the ability to have something you're good at and you enjoy um, that you can do uh, for a significant amount of the time. And, like, you don't necessarily have to enjoy that thing all the time, but overall something that makes you happy doesn't have to make you. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be fun all the time, but something that, like, you know that you love it. Um, and that'll usually, with enough time, should bring you um, the economic benefits and, more importantly, the, like, moral internal benefits mm-hmm. of happiness.
0: Yeah. So would you say, like, I would say a lot of the American like adult populations are working like nine to five jobs that they don't necessarily love doing, so would you say even if somebody's making a hundred hundred fifty thousand dollars a year that that n- isn't necessarily loving what they're doing, would you consider them not successful? That's definitely not success no
1: um, no that's not that's not success at all. Um, I'd reference I think that's not a great way to look at money much less success. So, mm. like, if you're not enjoying it, that right off the bat is not success. Mm. Um, I have some very f- close friends who are investment bankers at all levels, like managing director to analyst. Yeah. And they're just, they're making insane amounts of money, but they're like, this is no way to live. Do not do this. Do not go down this path. Yeah. And now I'm at business school where everyone's like, I want to be an investment banker. And I'm like, really? Um, and they're like, yeah, we know the lifestyle, but the money and like whatever. But no, because... Most of that money gets spent um, through just the ways that like Wall Street set up. Like it pressures you into spending a lot of it. You're living in New York, which is extremely expensive, and you're just, like forced into a lifestyle where you don't really keep all, all that much of the money. But if you were to take a different job or work at a job that was less time-consuming, you might be making significantly less, but you could live in a much cheaper area. Um, you could save more of your income, and you can do that – to invest and it doesn't even matter if you enjoy investing as much as that'll give you the freedom the financial freedom to do whatever you want because you have excess income
0: gotcha involved, yeah so like people w- what advice would you give like people coming into like coming into college that don't really know like what to do because i feel like a lot of a lot of these um especially like freshmen they just come in and like you said a lot of them say they want to do investment banking because they hear of the financial benefits and Some people will go into different fields just because of the financial benefits that they're, like, promised as a freshman. So do you have anything that you'd say to, like, those who don't really know what they're doing and are looking for that financial freedom while also, like, while also being successful?
1: Yeah, I'd say the the biggest thing that's guided me along my path of figuring out what I want to do is this quote from, um, uh, he's a professor at NYU at Stern Business School. And he basically says that um, it's not about. Fi- he's talk He puts in the perspective of everyone. All these like famous people say to follow your passion, mm. and he says like that is not what you should do at all. What you really should be doing is finding what you're good at. Because if you find what you're good at, then you put and you put in the time and effort it takes to get great at that. Yeah. Then. You become valuable, and that will give you the financial rewards and the, like, other rewards of just, like, feeling good about mm-hmm. doing good work. And so the r- really good example he uses, um, this is Scott Galloway, I just remembered his name, is he says tax lawyers, the greatest tax lawyers in the world, fly private. Um, and they enjoy their jobs. But when these guys were kids, they didn't say oh, I'm really passionate about tax law. Yeah, But they went to business school or wherever and they said, wow, I'm pretty good at tax law. And then they worked really, really hard to get great at tax law. And now they have a feeling of accomplishment from doing that job well. They actually can provide real value um,
0: and they're making plenty of money doing it yeah. too. Do you think um, following that path, like f- following or doing what you're good at, do you think you learn to love that or do you think what if I what if I was like good at like say investment banking and but like necess- it's I don't think that would be considered success if I'm in that field for 20 years.
1: Here's the thing is investment banking isn't technical. It's not a thing that you can be inherently good at. Investment banking is grinding. The reason mm. why people get jobs is because it shows that you're w- that you have the ability to work 80 to 120 hours a week every week and just essentially be on call Mm. and just grind extremely hard. But whatever you do, you should be able to grind extremely hard. Maybe not that hard, but, like, you should be doing 60 to 80 hours a week, Mm. at least in your early years, to build up that skill, that grit, um, and just, like, have that competitive advantage over others. Gotcha. So investment banking isn't inherently a skill. But, like, I didn't used to like math. I've always been pretty good at math, but I used to, like, really dislike it. Um, But then I put more, I put tons of hours into it. I did tutoring to get into like higher and higher math classes. I studied accounting. I've done like, studied stats, a bunch of other stuff. And now I've been able to use that. Like a huge part of my business is understanding how like predictive analytics and how like computer science mixes with math, among other things. And, like, those aren't things I usually enjoy, but because i put so many hours into them, I've started to enjoy it. And I still have a lot more room to grow about where – how much I can learn and how much better I can be at it. But already I can see a big
0: difference from yeah. enjoyment to where it was before. And it also gives you, like, a sense of accomplishment when, like, you – when you've been working that hard at something that you're good at and you just see yourself evolve into something that, like, you never even thought possible, I feel like. And I don't know. I just think that a lot of people don't really – they don't really pursue like what, like what they're good at. They just a lot of people tell them what they should pursue, and they just they just follow that path instead of their own.
1: Definitely, yeah. A lot of people, yeah. I, I took a lot of like internal looking for me to be able to figure out like what I was good at, where I wanted to go, um, yeah, and what steps I needed to take to get there.
0: And I feel like a lot of like not enough people do that internal looking. Like, for example, like I know a lot of my friends from back home that are going to college for like every every of indiv- like basically every major you can think of and they've never even like studied anything like that they don't know anything about that but because somebody tells them that it's a good field to go in and it's like a promising career they just they just follow it
1: definitely I think the biggest antidote to that to that is to go and try out whatever that thing is so like for a significant time I thought I wanted to be a engineer so when I was in ninth grade I found a in my town there was a Oceanography o- organization, and they had mechanical engineering internships. So I didn't really read the job description where it said I needed to know how to do CAD and a bunch of mm-hmm. other things, which I did not check those requirements. Um, is what it is, though. Right? Yeah, but I, I ended up getting the job. Yeah, and I was lucky enough to have a science fair project that year where it taught me CAD right before I had the internship. That's tough. So it luckily all worked out, but um, I did it. I uh, helped an engineer like work on camera cases for like these underwater robots, and like it's really interesting work. But I just realized this is not something I'm good at. I can definitely get better at this with effort. Um, but I just like this is not where I this is not where I would be the most useful, mm-hmm. and not in a place that I enjoy it where it's worth having that lack of efficiency. Right. Um, and more importantly, I knew I had other interests or ways things I could pursue. So then I spent my time, and energy, going down those rabbit holes to figure that out.
0: Gotcha. And also another point is just. Um, I just, a lot of people, I, I think a lot of people say that, like, like people at like me, cause like I'm doing a lot of different things right mm-hmm. now. Like I have, I'm um, doing my clothing business. I'm doing this. This is my first episode of the podcast. I'm making music, going to school, all this. Yeah. And a lot of people come to me and they say like, how do you do it? Like, how is there like enough time in the day? And I just feel like I honestly don't know whether that's just, because a lot of people do like waste a lot of their day, whether that be like on TikTok, their mm-hmm. phone, Just like hanging out, drinking, smoking, like all of that. Um But I just what do you like have any advice for people that say like they don't have like enough time in the day?
1: I think first of all that's just a blatant lie. Yeah. Like you, you make time for what you value. So either you don't have the confidence enough in yourself to value that thing high enough, or you just actually don't value it high enough. Um, so you have to change the way you think about that. Um so that's number one. But then beyond that, um, you have to prioritize too. Priorities are key. I currently have I currently go to school, have a finance internship, um, run a financial newsletter, which posts weekly and bi-weekly, um, and I'm working on my next version of my company. So I do a lot of things and it's pretty busy. Um, I wouldn't recommend doing that many things, but I think adding an extra legitimate project to your day, if you make it a priority, it will be possible. If you think, like be realistic about how long it's going to take and think about Parkinson's law, a item will expand to the amount of time that you allot it. So if it's going to take an hour, don't give it two hours, give it one hour and say, it has to be done by this. Find an accountability buddy. Um, Like I try to get up at 5am during every day during the week. Um, And I have one to two people who always will meet me somewhere at 5am. We'll both work and we'll keep each other accountable. And then we'll be like, Hey, I didn't see you at five a.m. this morning. What, what's up? Mm-hmm. Um, and then that makes sure that makes sure that makes sure that I'm there the next day. Yeah. Um, so yeah, do things like that. You, you don't have to go quite to the extreme of waking up at five a.m. Um, although I do recommend it if you need to be hyper productive, um, because no one's going to respond to your snaps at five a.m. No one's going to distract you at five a.m. Everyone else is going to be asleep. So, like the hours from five to seven are my two most productive hours of the day. Um, but yeah, just. Make a list of priorities, um, be realistic about time, and, like, schedule things out. It's the b- biggest thing. And then you have a lot more time than you think.
0: Yeah, that's some great advice. Um, where where would you see yourself in, like, 10 to 15 years, like, ideally?
1: 10 to 15 years? Um, besides college, I think I – I hopefully I'm doing the exact same thing I'm doing right now. Mm. I hopefully still have my business because the goal is, is just to keep running this um, until it gets – hopefully big enough so I can run out of college um, and to support me and more than support me for a significant portion of my life Um, and I will probably won't be running the newsletter anymore, probably won't be doing a finance internship um, but hopefully being CEO of my company or continuing to be CEO of my company um, and by that point then I'll start to be in a place where I feel like I haven't made it
0: but I'm making
1: it like something exists yeah
0: yeah for sure would um so uh, in in like your perfect world say you get out of say you get out of college you graduate in four years would you would you rather be running your business full-time or having um or having a job that pays a decent amount while running uh your business on the side
1: running my business for sure um yeah and projections as of now look like it's very possible that that should work. Um, Mm. The other reason I run the newsletter is a few reasons. So first of all, it's part, it's a hybrid paid free model. So some newsletters are paid, some are free uh, for subscribers. And it's aimed at the exact target market that I have for my company. So I'm just building up a list of emails of people who pay me and already trust me for Mm -hmm. a related subject to what I'm going to later try to sell them through my company gotcha. On top of that that creates income now, which is great cuz in college I have to spend money, stuff like yeah. that. So it's nice to have some extra money to do that. And then also that newsletter will scale with the business. So I'll have two different places where I'll have income stream uh, income streams and the newsletter by itself hopefully should at least be able to partially support me or get a lot of core expenses paid for yeah. out of college.
0: Do you so through your newsletter right now? Do you do any like marketing for your business or is it just solely Like uh, analyzing and predicting.
1: No, so I don't do any marketing for my newsletter, for my company through my newsletter as of yet. Mm. Um, I've done some other ones because the way I market my newsletter is mainly through Twitter um, and LinkedIn. Gotcha. And Twitter's just, for growing a newsletter, is one of the best places to do it because the conversion rate of people who click on a link on Twitter to subscribe to your newsletter is really high. Yeah. That's just because there's partially, depending on how, On what space you're in there's can be a low conversion rate of people who click on your link at all on Twitter yeah um, but any traffic you get from Twitter is gonna be high interaction gotcha Um, conversion rate exactly which is amazing to see yeah so I have used that same idea to drive some traction my company um, when I was launching the first version of it but since then I've turned that more into a beta version um, and realized I've made a lot of internal changes. Like I've changed who my target market is. The product has stayed the same, but I realized it was just um, misdirected, and realized that I built a product for professional investors and was aiming it at beginning investors, um, which that just doesn't really work well. Mm-hmm. So now that I've like reassessed, figured that out, now I'm coming back with a second version, which then those two things will be congruent and has the potential to be a lot more successful, and then I can also charge for it yeah. and things like that. Gotcha. Yeah.
0: I um I remember you posted something a couple days ago about LinkedIn and how it's a superpower. You want to like expand on that and like how people can utilize it to its full capacity. Definitely,
1: yeah. So all the time I hear people say, "Oh, I don't have LinkedIn. Um, should I get that? I feel like I should probably make one of those. Will you help me?" And I always try to respond with, "Yes, I'm happy to help you with your LinkedIn profile. Any tips you want? Let me know." Um, but also like you don't really need my tips. It's pretty self-explanatory to sell it, to set it up for the most part. Like, between just looking at other people's LinkedIn's, and people who you like, and also... Um, just LinkedIn gives you so many tips already on what to do. Yeah. Um, but LinkedIn can give you so many key, like, things that... Other things just can't do. It gives you the ability to have a professional outlet. Like, a way where, like, I can make... I can talk about stuff professionally, and then that gets seen by a lot of really well-known people. Because you can connect with almost anyone. So those of you who aren't familiar with the LinkedIn platform there are two main features of ways to connect with people so there's following someone which is just like following a celebrity on Instagram Twitter anything like that like you follow them you see their content um, they don't see anything that you post the other one is connecting which allows you to message back and forth with them DM with them anytime so it's kind of like on Instagram you both have private profiles and you both follow each other back Gotcha. Um, so you'll both see each other's content. You can also both message each other whenever you want. Um, way more people with conne- will connect with you than you think will on LinkedIn. I'm connected with way more well-known people than I should be. Um, and I get actually in my family I get made fun of it for my LinkedIn because I'm connected with it tons of people, but I don't know the majority of them because when I first got it, there was this guy who runs a startup in, in Boston. He was telling me, okay. Number one thing you need to do is create a LinkedIn. I'll be your first connection so that when you finally get an internship, they're not your first connection. And then your goal is to just connect with a ton of different people um, and basically make it so that you can have like a huge network of really cool people. Yeah. So what I started doing is I said, these are the different industries and areas I want to connect with. I looked at like different companies I knew and just connected with random employees. Then it kind of is like a Tinder feature where you can say, connect or like reject mm. and then you can like do that with a bunch of people and you request their connections and so in two weeks I got to 500 connections Damn. and on LinkedIn once it says once you get 500 or more connections it just says 500 plus like no matter if you have 30,000 which is the connection limit or 501 so that was my goal so two weeks got to that that was awesome then I since slowed down a lot now I have like 700 something Um, but because I d- was doing that I was connecting with a bunch of people I didn't know but now um I have a really strong LinkedIn with a lot of random mutual connections with people because mm-hmm. it also shows you who you're mutually connected with and like how many degrees of separation you are away from people
0: so just what do you mean degrees of separation so like do you know are you familiar with the idea of
1: six degrees of separation? I'm not no okay, so every person on the earth is six degrees of separation away from someone else so like you so like I know you and you might know someone and like yeah oh okay got gotcha. that right um. And so the idea on LinkedIn is they tell you if you're a first connection, so like that's me knowing you. Gotcha. Um, and then you knowing someone means second. they're a secondary connection to me. Gotcha. And then them knowing someone is a tertiary or third connection to me. So it goes six
0: layers deep. Correct. Damn.
1: Yeah, so that's how the that's how the world is, but LinkedIn is a lot yeah. more connected than that.
0: Yeah, so um, wait, so in LinkedIn, it, does it go six steps? Or no, it, j- it, goes it's
1: a, it goes to f- – three i think everyone i think they've actually made it so the in the app that no one is more than i think three connections or i think it goes it says three plus so gotcha. like after that then they're like you're not really that connected to this
0: person okay but like gotcha. there's if you're secondary you've got someone in common mm. yeah cuz that's interesting cuz like in comparison to instagram like when you go and follow somebody it'll only give you like yeah. the people who are also following them or they're also following, but... Who you follow, yeah. Yeah, th- uh, but, like, through LinkedIn, now that you have, like, friends of friends of friends, it's just, like, it's a l- whole, whole exactly. world of... Yeah. um. yeah.
1: So it's just, like, the whole point of it is to make connections with people. So now I have all these connections, which is great, and just today I was, like, one of my friends was having, for this project we're doing on sleep, I was like, okay, I want to try to reach out to um the national or er, yeah the national sleep association and he's like okay and he filled out like a generic like contact me form on their website and i just went on linkedin and found one of their like like their vice president of research mm-hmm. and i've already had like three messages with him today because i have like secondary connections with him so oh. i gotta connect with him right. and then messaged him and he's super happy
0: to help super great to connect and stuff like that yeah, yeah. so when like People say somebody downloads LinkedIn today. Um, I feel like one of the biggest roadblocks they would have is like writing that professional, that those professional like kind of posts in comparison to like Instagram or Snapchat where it's just like informal. You don't even care about like periods, commas, stuff like that. So, do you? Would you say anything on that? Like how how to like develop more of a professional writing?
1: Yeah, so a few different things. So, the more you do it, the better you'll get at it. Um, but you don't really need to post that much. Um, and also, the just like, first thing, like, get on LinkedIn. You don't even need to write. I don't have a written bio on my LinkedIn. Okay. Everyone usually has, like, about, they have a paragraph. My LinkedIn still says, just one more thing you need to do before you like, your LinkedIn yeah. profile is perfect. And I just, I need to write one. I just haven't written one yet. But I've gotten, like, a great LinkedIn without having any of that. But make a LinkedIn. Have, like, if you had any job anywhere, put that in there. Um, you'll see how to do that. Put wherever you went to high school. If you're in college, where you're currently going to college, um, have a nice headline. Don't say student at Northeastern. Don't say like whatever that is or finance student at Harvard. Whatever you're t- don't don't put that there. Um, say like aspiring financial analyst or um, a pre yeah like pre med track person. Like if you're if you're doing like more of a long term like that and then put that in there but you can even say like aspiring entrepreneur and then you can put a few things in there because the idea is like that's the thing people can view your profile and just see your photo your name and that line so you want something that shows you have some value there Mm -hmm. so i have like the different things that i'm doing but if you don't have a bunch of projects you're doing right now or they're not in the stages where you want to share them then you can put like what you want to do in the future and that's better than just saying okay i am like factually, I am a student at this university or high school. Um, So, like, add a little bit more personality and, like, insight into you and then, once you have that, you start making connections. Just read, just spend 10, 20 minutes a day on LinkedIn. Read people's posts and you'll notice some people are very informal on there. Some people are a lot more formal on there and you'll kind of notice some people refer to it as LinkedIn language, um, which a lot of people hate. I have a love-hate relationship with. Um, sometimes it can come off as pretty pretentious, which is annoying. Mm. Um, when it's like, oh, this is. I'm actually gonna quote the first line of one of my LinkedIn posts, which yeah. I kind of did as a joke, but it was reposting something else. Is like, um, I feel so honored... I feel um, so honored to have the opportunity to uh, co-author the second edition of Early Bird: The Power of Investing Young. Was it? And I went on and said a bunch of other yeah. stuff. Like that was the first line. Right. And like that's a very like. Fancy language sentence. Um, But I've also done a lot more casual ones where I've said, like, I try to speak... For the most part, I try to write the way I speak Mm -hmm. um, because that's just easiest for me. Like, I have dyslexia, so, like, my writing ability did not used to be good. I had to go through, like, a lot of, like, training for reading and writing to get to where I, like... Now, like, the only thing people really know me for is my writing. Gotcha. So I just, like, think of how I'd say it, and I just write that down. So a lot of my LinkedIn... And Twitter, I think, can be pretty casual, even though it's a professional setting. Um, like, I don't really put any slang in there. Um, right. Trying to like do any like like acronym stuff like that, but I will still just speak as I'm like speaking right now. Mm. Yeah. Gotcha.
0: So, um, on the topic of like entrepreneurs, do you think that like as we keep moving forward, do you think that the entrepreneur like market is getting like oversaturated?
1: I think it's getting confused. I think a lot of people like to just call themselves entrepreneurs. Um, I think there's a key distinction between creators and entrepreneurs. I think there are a lot of creators who are entrepreneurs, but I think there's a lot of people who call themselves entrepreneurs who are simply creators. Um, I don't think it's oversaturated. I think the real entrepreneurs are sometimes being a little less original than they should be. Um, there's definitely oversaturation in certain markets. Um, just, like, like, everyone has a drink brand now, everyone yeah. has a whatever, like, they're, like, it just, they exist, um, yeah. and it just seems kind of arbitrary, like, the only, th- like, the ones that, like, do better than others are because they're connected to a celebrity, or because they just do, like, one little thing, and, like, it feels more, like, lucky, or because of fame, why they're doing well, so, like, for someone who doesn't already have that credibility to go and try to create that seems like a waste of time, in my yeah. opinion, yeah, um, as opposed to traditional entrepreneurship, in my in my opinion, is more of like creating something new, different, or innovative in some way that it makes something better. So, yeah, like ta- like making a drink that tastes better, or is first of all sub- subjective. Yeah, but also is not really like an innovation. Yeah, it's like yeah, but aren't the drink companies trying to do that too? And mm. so it's there are things like that. Um, but if you try to like attack a problem from a different way or there's a book that i really love called blue ocean strategy which is instead of just trying to compete with in a red ocean like a place where there's a ton of competition try to like solve the same problem doing a completely different way that you're like not even compared to them like people will stop using that um service to use yours but you're not even like attacking on the same
0: um like vertical what do you think's like the biggest differences between a creator and an entrepreneur
1: I'd say a creator um, is f- it's fully focused around or it's focused around a single person or an entrepreneur is can be like a dr- they can be a driving force in an organization, but at its core it's the organization itself Don't that you. is the important piece. I'd say that's the biggest distinction that you can really make and there's like definitely exceptions to that and that can be debated,
0: but that's generally the same that idea. So it's more of just like one person trying to do something um in comparison to and it's one person being the head of something as opposed to um one as opposed to like a company being the head of something gotcha so it's i'm just trying to understand yeah, no, 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 no. so sure. it's just so say if it was say like a person creates a business mm-hmm. that can that person be a creator and also an entrepreneur
1: Yeah, they can definitely be both, um, but I'd say that's a different thing, but, like, if someone makes money through an LLC from them posting videos of themselves on YouTube, Mm -hmm. then they're not really an entrepreneur. They're definitely a business person, but they're not an entrepreneur. They're a creator who is making money from that.
0: So if that same person were to go and outsource and, like, build a team and kind of... Do like things like that and create more of a organization feel, would that be more of an entrepreneur in your eyes? Yeah, and I'd say if they make it about more than that, I think it because
1: if we're, I think the real distinction I'm trying to make here is the idea is like, what happens if that one person leaves? Right. Like, if, gotcha. Like, if one person leaves in a business venture, there are a lot of cases where the business will fall apart, mm-hmm. but the idea is like, the business has the potential to continue, but if the one creator. Leaves like their YouTube channel or their wha- their Instagram account or whatever, and then you just try to have a team run it. It doesn't really it's continue dead. the same yeah. way. It's yeah, it's not the
0: same thing. Gotcha. So would you would you consider yourself more of an entrepreneur or a creator?
1: I would definitely. I'd say right now I'd be viewed as a creator, um, but I'd say I'm trying to become an entrepreneur um, by like creating my business, um, and making it something that continues. Like a lot of people have asked me, um, about like my business and like, asked me like, Oh, would you consider this opportunity to this one? And essentially my business is at a place where if I walked away from it right now, my past two years of work would be gone.
0: Right.
1: But a year from now, if I walked away from it, the business would deteriorate significantly, but it would still exist. Gotcha. Um, So essentially it's just like I have to have like a few years of just like flatlining where I'm building it up and Mm -hmm. then it starts to become something that grows.
0: And then you just you create that system that can operate on its own without you there. Exactly. Yeah. Gotcha. And I feel like that's like now that you say that it's kind of one of my goals is Mm -hmm. to be like that because um, although like I'm 100 percent willing to like put the work in, like put however many hours it takes in order to grow my business, grow my brand. Um, I want to be in a place when I'm say twenty five, twenty seven, thirty years old, where I can, where I can leave, like take a trip to Dubai, and like just be mm-hmm. able, my like not even think about like my business still running, kind of just have like a automated system almost that doesn't necessarily need me there, but I'm the one who created that system.
1: Yeah, I would say a f- I would say a few things on that. So first of all, like yes, that's exactly the key like differentiator. I'd say once you get to that point. Your business will always be on your mind Mm -hmm. um like i've still very much in the beginning and my business is always on my mind right um and just like it just gets more so and more so um so i'd say like your life your business more becomes your life like there's no balance it just like your life and business yeah it's cohesive yeah. yeah um but i'd also say that like that idea of like something existing without you is like when you get to that difference and I also like that you made the key distinction of like having the ability to walk away and is very different from like your' you not having a grind like right. you are grinding and you're putting in tons of hours mm. but technically at a certain point you could walk away but mm. you're not going to right but you can go and you can as you said like take a trip yeah. or something like that like the business will continue without you
0: mm. yeah yeah and I just I think that, um, a lot of people, like, mistake um, entrepreneurship as, like, grinding so hard for a couple of years and then having that lifestyle of, like, always being able to do whatever you want, go on trips, do this, do that, without ever having to think about it. And I just don't think that's very realistic at all.
1: No, not at all. I think I think there's, yeah, I think it's generally very misunderstood. Um, and, like, the biggest thing that annoys me is every person on TikTok, Instagram Reels, whatever, it's like the... Me living my entrepreneurial life—that's the biggest thing. Where it's not really an entrepreneurial life. Like, if you're doing drop shipping, you're not an entrepreneur. Um, you could be c- considered a business person, um, but you're not creating something that's new and different. You're not really starting your own business. You have maybe a sole proprietorship, maybe an LLC, uh, maybe if you're really fancy, an S corp or C corp. But you're like—you're essentially a one-person thing. And again, like, if you're drop shipping and you walk away from your drop shipping business. In nine cases out of ten, that business, like, dies the second that one person walks away. So, yeah, it's just generally misunderstood. um, But I think the other thing that's misunderstood is that, like, you also get to experience a lot of other opportunities through real entrepreneurship, not, like, that fake entrepreneurship um, that, like, you wouldn't have
0: otherwise imagined think we're short on time but one one last question Um, like for everybody watching do you have any advice uh, for them as to how how you live your best life and um, maybe some tips and tricks on how they can as well definitely
1: I'd say biggest thing for me um, like I mentioned before has been like self-reflecting and just understanding myself so I'd say best ways to do that are try meditating that works for some people it doesn't work for anyone I'd say the highest success rate thing that I've noticed for myself and other people um, is journaling. So like take some time every day, like ten, twenty minutes, just like write down, just clear your head, just empty your brain, write down whatever you're thinking about, um, and that'll just help you just like understand things better. And then also you can look back over time and be like, Wow, I've been writing about this one thing a lot. I should maybe spend some more time on that. Um and it just helps you to like take a step back away from your own life mm-hmm. um and just understand yourself. So yeah, that's definitely the tip I'd give.
0: Well, I appreciate you, Soren. Um, Thanks for having me out here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's good. it. That was fun. That was tough. 41 minutes. That's not too bad.